Thank you for listening to this sermon by Grace Point Church. If you'd like to learn more, visit our website at gracepointaz.com, or better yet, come be our guest on a Sunday morning. Good morning, Grace Point Church. Thank you for being here. Please stand up for the reading of God's Word. Uh, If you'd like to follow along with the reading and need a Bible, they can be found in the seat backs in front of you. If you know someone who needs a Bible, please feel free to give that one to them. Um, We would love for you to have God's Word in your hands throughout this week. Today's scripture will be taken from the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. It can be found on page 980 in those Bibles. Follow along with me as I read. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Having this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Please pray with me. Lord, thank you for uh, this church and um, the one mind um, that we have because of you. Um, Thank you for um, Monty and, and just speaking through him that we would put you at the forefront of our week and make you our number one priority. Uh, we love you, Lord. Amen. Go ahead and be seated, please. Man, I'm so glad to be here. Very thankful for Pastor Tyler and Pastor Rob for letting me come and hang out with you guys. I love coming here. This church, um, this church is a life-giving church, and every time I come here, I feel like life has been given back to me. And so I'm very thankful for letting me come and, and be here and hang out with you guys. Usually JV would ask me to come once a year when he was on vacation or something. And now that he's in Oklahoma getting bit by mosquitoes, um, <laughs> I get to come hopefully a little bit more often. And so I'm, I'm very, like I said, I'm very, very thankful. This church has been, uh, the pastors have been leading this church through a step-by-step um, exposition or teaching through the book of Philippians, Philippians being the book of joy and how we can have our joy um, follow the Lord and, and, and have our joy be complete. And so we're going to kind of we're going to kind of enjoy enjoy uh, chapter two because chapter two deals with some stuff that all of us pretty much face all the time. As, as we're thinking about um, chapter two, let me ask a simple question. Okay, uh, has there has someone done something? for you that has just made an impact on you or recently done something for you that's just kind of got your attention, right? Like, um, um, like I got a friend of mine volunteered to take me to the airport this Wednesday for my 6 a.m. flight, which means he's got to pick me up at my house by 4 a.m., okay? That's a true friend that'll get up yesterday to take you to the airport right today. I mean, my wife says, it ain't a new day until I wake up. And so that's, um, so uh, I asked her, do you want to take me to the airport? She goes, what time? I said, four, four o'clock. She said, that's not bad. I said, 4 a.m. Isn't there a friend you got? Something like that. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, or uh, maybe, maybe someone, you were sick and someone made a meal for you or ordered Grubhub, right? Because, uh, People don't cook in today's world. And, and, and they did it just, just because they loved you, not because they were guilted into it. Um, I, I was on vacation. A neighbor friend of mine um, went and got my trash can 
drug it out to the, the court, you know, the, the, my house. And then after the trash dude came, he took it back. I didn't even have to ask. They just did it just out of pure, just niceness. Man, I'm going, what? What are you people doing? Out of niceness. I mean, think about it. We, um, we all want to be thought as people that are givers, right? People that are helpful, people that are serving. We all want people to think, when they think of us, they, we want people to think, you know what, man, they step in the gap. None of us want to hear, right, someone say, I can't stand that guy. He is so helpful, right? No one ever says that, right? Um, or get a load of her, man. She's so thoughtful. I mean, we want people to say that more than the opposite, right? Where we hear, he is so selfish. She is so arrogant and stuck up or self-centered. He thinks the world revolves around him. Sadly, we hear more of that than the previous. I, I want to... I, I think all of us would agree that we want to be a people that are selfless, a people that are not self-absorbed. We want to be that kind of people. And when we became a Jesus person, that's who we end up becoming if we're going to be followers of Jesus. Philippians chapter 2 tells us exactly how, we're to, how we can be these people that think of others before we think of ourselves. In verse 1, he starts with some assumptions. And here are the assumptions that he, he tells us. He says, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there's any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy. Now, the word if here could all be a translated assuming. So Paul is saying that I'm assuming now that you're a Jesus follower, that Jesus has made an impact on your life. And that's what happens when we become Jesus followers. Jesus has an impact on our life. He changes our lives. That's what Jesus does. And he goes, so he goes, if um, there is any encouragement, the word encouragement means a summons or to call near. So Paul is saying, I'm assuming you've been drawn near by Jesus to walk with Jesus. He goes, I'm assuming his love has an influence on you. He goes, I'm assuming that you're step in step with the Holy Spirit who kind of, he directs you, guides you, and tells you what to do. He goes, I'm assuming that you have compassion for people. Why? Because that's what Jesus' people do. Um, and, and I'm assuming that now that you've given your life to Jesus, that your life is characterized by mercy. He goes, so I urge you, I beg you to be in unity of what he's about to say next. And what he's about to say next is, your assumptions impact your attitudes. He goes, I'm going to ask you to change your attitude, right? This is what he says. Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Ten times in this letter that Paul write, wrote to the church of Philippi, ten times he uses the verb like-minded. Now, why did he say that? Because it's so easy, isn't it, to start thinking of my mind and what I want versus being in unity with what's best for everyone and for other people. And so he says that. And, he, and, he, and this, this verb could also kind of um, imply being like-souled. 
Um, when I was, uh, I, I love the story of David and Goliath. And if you've never heard the story of David and Goliath, David was a, a, a young, young little man, uh, comes to see his brothers who were, who were in the army, of Israelite army. They're fighting Philistines. Philistines had this big champion. His name was Goliath, big old tall dude. He comes out, makes fun of the Israelites. David says, who is this dude? I can take him. And he goes and picks up uh, five rocks from a stone, uh, from a, 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 a creek bed, and which we find out later he only needed one. But Goliath had four brothers. And so he's taking, basically saying, I'm going to take you out and I'm going to take out your whole family. <laughs> okay, that's basically what he's saying. So he gets this rock, slings it in a slingshot, <laughs> pops Goliath in the head, knocks him down, takes, off, takes Goliath's sword, chops off his head. Ta-da, we're done, right? Now, I'm just telling you the basically the quick version of it. It's a lot better if you actually read it in the Bible. Okay, so at the end of that, man, he now is like standing before King Saul. And Saul kind of says, hey, man, who are you? And David talks about who he is, what God has done in his life, and, and what happened that day, and everybody's excited. And immediately following that, uh, Saul, King Saul, has his son, Jonathan, who's standing right there. Everybody's in awe of what just happened, what David did. And after David got through explaining what had happened, this is what it says in 1 Samuel 18.1. It says, as soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Dave, or Jonathan would spend the rest of his life supporting and protecting David, even from his crazy king dad. Okay? And that's what it means. When we become Jesus followers, we are knit one with another. We're part of a family. We're part of a community. And so our souls are to be knit together. We're to be like-minded, having the same love, being in full accord, to be of one mind. Our souls are knit together. So he goes, our assumptions impact our attitude. And then he says, next part, that our, the right attitude incentivizes correct action. If we're going to be the person that we really want to be that will impact people's lives, what's next? Look what he says in verse 3. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Now, what is selfish ambition? I mean, it's good to have ambition. Ambition gets us up in the morning and gets us going, okay? There's nothing wrong, okay? Listen very carefully. There's nothing wrong with ambition. It's when it becomes selfish ambition that it goes to the dark side. And what is selfish ambition? It is knocking people down, focusing on you and your wants and your desires. It centers on what you can get from a person, not what you can give to a person. And most of us would say, you know what? We know that we shouldn't do that. I mean, we all know that. Yet, sadly, often we do do that. Or sadly, times I do that. Now, we're careful that we're, we don't appeal to, appear to be overly ambitious and noticeably conceit, but it's really conceited, but it, it's really easy to downplay someone else's accomplishments or contributions while inflating our own. It's really easy to mention how that a coworker doesn't seem to be able to get as much done as what you're able to get done. Carrie Newhoff, podcaster, religious leader um, on, on, um, on leadership development, um, said this. He says, if you're driven, even a little bit ambitious, you have to be doubly careful 
Because when selfishness and ambition move into the same room together, the combination is deadly. He goes on to say, left unchecked, selfish ambition turns servants of God into servants of themselves. And when we're motivated by selfish ambition, we use people to get what we want to do, to get where we want to, excuse me. We use people to get where we want to go. We take credit believing that uh, uh, we're the deal instead of God being the deal. That we, we strive for the breadth of exposure instead of the depth of our walk with God. We're more concerned about what other people say about us than we are about what God says about us. We have this need that is a need to win that is greater than our need to love. And so he says, hey, do nothing out of this selfish ambition. And then he also says also conceit. Some translations say vain conceit. Conceit is literally setting yourself one's up, yourself up. Uh, vain conceit is how someone can smoothly, how we can, we can, talk, um, we can talk about um, our accomplishments in any conversation. We can, we can, in the midst of any conversation, we can kind of give our great idea. We can uh, throw uh, names around of impressive people that we know or how much experience or expertise we have in any conversation. It's that sneaky ability to, to take uh, in most conversations and make it all about us, what we're doing or what we've done without out and saying, you know what, I'm a pretty big deal. Okay, that's what it means. Paul is emphatically saying, stop it. Instead, he says in verse four, let each of you look not only to your own interest, but to the interest of others. Now, this isn't a new message that Paul talks about. We also find that in the book and in the letter that he wrote to the church of Rome. We have in Romans chapter 12, verse 10. He says, be devoted to one another, honor one another above yourselves. And so he's pleading with you and me that if we have any connection with Christ, then we are to be different people. To do what comes unnaturally, okay, and go against the grain and think not of yourself, but to think of others. Because it's so easy to think of ourselves. What Paul is telling these Jesus followers is to do this. To make an intentional, ongoing decision to deliberately value others above yourselves. To make an intentional, ongoing decision to deliberately value others above yourself. Why do we have to do that? Because it's so easy to go to the lowest common denominator and think really of just us and what we prefer and our, and our preferences. We gotta be willing to be third, really. I mean, Jesus, when we became a Jesus follower, we made Jesus the priority of our life. And then we were to make others second and ourselves third. It's an attitude and a way of thinking that assumes that everyone in the room is important. He goes on to say, to look at others' interests. It's a unique way of saying that we are to serve other people, that we are to become the type of people that puts others ahead of ourselves and that we are to serve them. And that's how we value people above ourselves 
is by serving them. When we see the need, we do it instead of thinking that it's all about us. Last week, I went to our offices at, um, at the Arizona Southern Baptist Convention, went to our offices, and our offices are shaped in a kind of a, a, an L, ver, uh, L um, shape. I don't know how to explain it. I'm all shape. Okay. And when the wind blows through there, it's kind of a wind vortex, man. And it's like all the trash from that whole area converges on that one spot. And so we got paper, we got plastics, we got all kinds of leaves and everything just kind of all over our parking lot and all over our, that area of our, of our building. And, and I drove up this last week and parked the car and I looked and saw all that trash and I said to myself, you know what? Surely we got somebody that's supposed to be taking care of that. Don't we have somebody? And the Lord reminded me, you're not that big a deal. You are that somebody. You're the associate executive director, which means you're basically the assistant to the assistant of the regional manager. For those of you that are office type people, uh, fans, right? That's basically you are. You ain't all that. You can take care of the trash. And the Lord had to humble me at that moment. So I went in and said, do we have any, like, I'm going, oh, man, I don't, you know, get my hands all messed up. You know, we got any gloves? I go, no, we ain't any gloves. We got a really cool picker-upper. And they had this, like, this thing, this little trigger. You know how you... It's for people that don't want to bend down, you know, one of those guys. And they gave it to me in a bucket. And I said, this is so cool. I had a blast just picking up stuff with that thing, you know. It kind of made it a toy. Made it a, like, this is fun, you know. Like, and it was, and so the next 30 minutes just picked up trash in the, in the neighborhood because the Lord reminded me, you're not all that. You're not all that. You're nothing more than a servant of mine. That's what you are. And when you serve me, it means doing things that maybe you think that other people should do. That's what it means. Wow. You know, Jesus, um, Jesus describes it like this. When some disciples were hanging out with the other disciples and they were all arguing on who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of Jesus. And Jesus overheard it. And this is what Jesus said in, in Mark chapter 10, verses 42 through 46. And Jesus called them together and said, you know, that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be slave to all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. In other words, Jesus is saying, hey, the rest of the world says that they're the most important. When you became a Jesus follower, your attitude changes. Where it's not about you or your preferences or me or my preferences. It's really about Jesus and his preferences. It's about loving people and caring about people and treating them with that kind of respect. And I'll be honest with you, I'm going to be as transparent as I can here, okay? Sometimes it can be hard. I often think of myself before I think of others. I often serve myself before I serve others. The pastors gave me this passage to preach because we're going through Philippians. They gave me this passage to preach. 
I wish they would give me another one, a different one. One that's a little easier on me, to be honest with you. I'm studying this thing the last couple of weeks, and I'm going, man, Lord, you're beating the, me up on this thing, man. I mean, I'm getting beat up on this deal, Lord. And the Lord, Holy Spirit's going, you know what? You're not all that. You need to be a little bit more humble. And so this is what the Lord's told me, okay, about me, okay? And this may be you too, I don't know. Um, this is what the Lord told me to correct. One is one of the things I need to help grow in is a deep humility. I often ask now the Lord to give me a deep humility because it's so easy to present a false humility. And I can't trust my heart. I find myself doing this. I wish other people were as humble as I am. <laughs> you start talking to someone and they talk talking about themselves, you go, you know what, I wish they were like me and didn't talk about themselves that much. <laughs> Matter of fact, I may be one of the most humble people I know. <laughs> kind of defeats it, doesn't it? If you say you're humble, are you really? Right? Are you really? I can't trust my heart. I really can't. I don't want this to be a, a, a surface level, putting myself down or pretending like I don't have gifts or abilities, because I do, because that's what the Father has given me. It's because of Him. But I do want a deep humility that allows me to put others ahead of myself and value them as much as I value myself. So have a deep humility. And then secondly, be impossible to offend. I want to be impossible to offend. It means that I don't worry about my rights. And that's what our world does, doesn't it? Our world continually goes, I've got my rights. You're trampling on my rights. I have the right to that lane. Why are you coming over into my lane? Right? And we share our opinions pretty frequently. Right? Move out of the way, screaming, Praise God, the windows are open or are, are, are closed so that, you know, no one can hear you with your Jesus sticker yelling at somebody, <laughs> all right? I got my rights. And so I've said, you know what, Father? I, I wanted to make it more impossible uh, to offend me where it's, I'm not focusing on me and my rights and what's coming to me. Lord, I want to have like this, no sense of this entitlement entitlement, that my identity, Lord, is in you and it doesn't matter what other people say or think about me. I just want you to increase in my life and make me decrease. That's what the Lord has been teaching me. Again, just being transparent. That not be your, you, you may be like, hey, I, I got this down. I don't need, praise God for you. But for the rest of us, this is, this is a big deal. Now, how can I do this? Well, by following an example to aspire to. That's what I love about Jesus. Jesus never asked you and me to do something that Jesus himself didn't already do. That's what I love about Jesus. We don't worship a God that's just sitting up there in heaven going, straighten up. This is what the Bible says. Now this is the first century, it became a first century poem, which became a first century song. Okay, that's what this verse is, these verses. Have this mind among you, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. This is what he says. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, 
Being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him a name that is above every name. So that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus did what? He emptied himself of any rights that he had in order to serve others. We're talking about God here. If anybody had a right to say, I'm a big deal, you people should just do what I say, it's Jesus. And Jesus humbled himself, emptied himself, lived among us, experienced life as we're experiencing life. Same stressors, same issues, same culture. That's what Jesus did. And yet he humbled himself enough to say, it's not about me, it's about what I can give. And so I'm willing to give my life for you and for me. That's what Jesus did. Now we know that because Jesus did all that, one day, all of heaven and all of earth will pronounce that Jesus is King and Lord, and Master. That one day, all knees will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord, that he is Master for the glory of God the Father. Amen. Now, when we read this, we see Jesus portrayed as a person of strength. How do we know that? Well, because he makes the choice. He controlled his attitude. Jesus was willing to sacrifice. He determined what he wanted to do so that you and I could have an example and have life. Jesus, the perfect example of sacrificial serving, has given us the same attitude, the same mind. He says, have this mind among you which is yours in Christ Jesus. The same, the same mind that Jesus had, Jesus has given to you and to me. And when we have that attitude, the same attitude that Jesus did, I guarantee you there will a couple things will happen. Matter of fact, three things. One is you will be inconvenienced. When it's no longer about you and your rights and your timing, Whenever you start going, you know what? I'm going to serve people. It's not going to be about me always. You are going to be inconvenienced. It's just inevitable. The second thing that's going to happen is that you're going to be taken advantage of. Reality is that's true. But here's the reality you're going to be taken advantage of anyway. Right? So you might as well be taken advantage serving other people. Why? Because if you actually do this and make joy complete by serving other people and making other people a priority, then guess what? You will become more like Jesus. As a Jesus follower, that's ultimately what we want to become, is more like Jesus. That's what we want to do. Now, there's maybe some of you here today, you don't know what it is to be a Jesus follower. I mean, that's, that's okay. I mean, we're, we're just glad you're here. 
to hear what God's doing and what God can do in your life. We're excited about you being here. But maybe you're tired of being self-centered all the time. You know that that's not getting you anywhere. People don't want to hang out with you because you think it's all about you. Well, we want to give you an opportunity to submit yourself to Jesus Christ. And when you do that, Jesus is going to become master and, and provider of your life and and it's not going to be about you anymore. It's going to be about others. And, and you're going to find joy like you've never experienced before. You're going to find happiness like you've never experienced before. You're going to find purpose like you've never had before. And those of us that have already said yes to Jesus, of course, our prayer is that we take on the same attitude of Jesus. And we really, because we've asked him into our lives, because we have the joy of God, because we have communion with God, because He's done all these things for us. We're this week going to put others before we put ourselves. And when we do that, when a group of people does that, when a church does that, we begin to make impact on the community because it's not about us. It's about Jesus. Let's pray.